We started into a new series last week to talk about who God is in our lives. You know, Angela, she's my wife, and she's an amazing wife, and you all love her. I love her. She's an amazing wife, and she is so much to me. If I was to start listing out what she is to me today, we'd be here all day. And you'd eventually leave because you'd eventually get fed up with me talking about how great Angela is. But because of who Angela is to me, I am blessed because of who she is to me. She is my best friend. She is my life companion. The list is absolutely endless. You know, I was thinking about this during the week and thinking about relationships and and what relationships mean to us and the benefits of relationships. And I was immediately brought back, obviously, to Angela. And then I thought about my my own mum, my own mum and dad. And and your mum and your dad will always be your mum and dad to you. And because of who they are to you, it's, 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 it, it means something, amen? Like our family home, where, where I was born, where I was raised, that's still my family home. When I go down to visit with my parents, I feel at home. They never make me feel unwelcome. If I'm there and if I'm hungry, I can get something to eat. If I'm thirsty, I can go get something to drink. And, and no one will ever say to me, what do you think you're doing? If I'm tired, I'm sure I could go for a sleep, but I never have, but I'm sure I could. You know, if, if, if there was something in the house that I wanted to get that was in another room, I could go and get it. And, and my parents wouldn't say to me, what are you at? You know, sit there. You know, this is not your place to roam around. Your home will always be your home. Your, your family will always be your family. And there's, there's benefits that you have from being in that kind of a relationship. And, and if you are in a right relationship with your father... Your father, God, there's nothing he won't do for you. If you're in a right relationship with your parents, there's nothing your parents won't do. And if you've got a right relationship with your father, God, there's nothing that God won't do for you. God has made everything available to you. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16 says that when you are in a right relationship with father, God, it says you can come boldly to the throne of grace and that you may obtain mercy and find grace in time and help in times of need. Other versions say that you can come with confidence or that you can come fearlessly. In other words, you can strut up to God's throne of grace with all confidence and with all boldness, fearlessly, and receive from God whatever you had need of in that time and in that situation. You know, I want to talk today for a few minutes about one of the great benefits that we have as God's children and because of our right relationship with the Father is that God is our provider. Philippians chapter 4 was given to us by Paul by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And it says there in verse 19, and it says, And my God, you know, isn't it great to personalize God as your God? Amen? He's my God. He's your God. When you say something is yours, you know, in the home, especially if you have brothers and sisters, you know, and you, 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 when, when you're growing up, you may have fallen out over different things, you know, that's my tractor, or, or, or that's my Barbie. Hopefully not mine, of course, it was Action Man for me, but, you know. But when you're in the home, you always say, that's mine, because if it belonged to you, you personalized it, and you said, that's mine. So I love when Paul starts off in this verse, and he says, and my God. Can we say today, my God, that God is my God. He is my God. Personalize it, amen? And my God, it says, shall supply all of your needs and my needs 
according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. The New Living Translation, I'm going to give you a few different translations today because, you know, the Bible is such a wonderful book that there's so many different translations of it. And the different translations are not to, to make it say something different. The different translations are to try and bring more out of it. Amen? So the New Living Translation, this same verse, it says, And the same God who takes care of me will supply all of your needs by his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? I love the way the New Century Version, it's another version, it puts it this way, it's shorter. It says, my God, again, personalizing it, my God will use his wonderful riches in Christ Jesus to give you everything that you need. Isn't that great? God is for you. God is on your side. He's your God, amen? And he, through Christ Jesus, will give you everything that you need. Amen? I want to say from the very start today that God will provide for you everything that you need in this life to be blessed and prospered, and he supplies it, wait for it, through his son, Jesus Christ. God is the supplier. Jesus is the deliverer. Isn't that great? God supplies through Jesus. He's the one that delivers to us. Amen? It's kind of like in the supermarket. And I worked in supermarket, supermarkets for nearly 27 years. And every, every day in the supermarket, you have people who will come in with their shopping list in their hand. And most people, 90% of people coming into the supermarket, they were regulars. So they come in, you know, every other day with their, with their shopping list in their hand, and they go exactly to here and here, here and here, and pick up everything that they need on their list. When people go into supermarkets, they never expect there not to be milk on the shelf. They never expect the, the shelves that contain bread to be emptied. They go with full confidence, full assurance that the milk is going to be in the fridge. And they walk in through the front door and they confidently, if all they need is milk, if they confidently head to the corner where the milk is to grab their carton of milk with the money in their hands, knowing that I have the means, I, I know that the, the milk is there and I know that I haven't been barred because some people have been barred from supermarkets before because maybe they kicked up a stink in it before or maybe they stole something they've got barred. So you're in their supermarket, you, you're not barred. You've got the means to pay, your money in your pocket. And you walk down to where you know the milk is with full confidence and you grab that carton of milk and you head to the checkout and you pay for it. You know with full confidence you're full confident in the supermarket supply chain. I mean, you don't even worry about how it got there. You don't need to know that somebody like me was probably in a half five or six o'clock in the morning packing the shelves. You didn't need to know that some driver had driven through the night to deliver the milk there that morning for half past five. You didn't know that some farmer had to milk his cows one, one morning. And you didn't need to know that, that a delivery man had to come and collect the milk. You didn't need to know that it had to go to the to the processing plant for the milk to be processed and cartoned. And you didn't need to know all that stuff. You just knew that you needed milk. And you went into that supermarket with the money in your pocket and you went to the corner to pick up that milk in order to put it in your tea or on your cereal. Never in one second thought that you wouldn't get milk that day. I wonder how would it look in our lives if we had the same confidence in our God to supply our needs as we do in our supermarkets. I wonder if every time we had a need, 
we boldly, with confidence, with our backs straightened. What did the word say? With confidence, boldly, with full expectations, went to the throne room of God and brought our prayers and petitions before God, knowing that he'd already provided for that need through Christ Jesus. Glory to God. That's great news, church. Amen? That's great news. That we can, as his sons and his daughters, go boldly to his throne room of grace and obtain the help that we need and the answers that we need when we need them. Amen? Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 12. This is another strange version. I, I find some strange versions sometimes. but This is from the worldwide Christian version. It says there in verse 12, it says, In Christ we are not to be afraid to come to God. We are sure we can come because we believe in Christ. Never be afraid to approach God with your needs. Amen. If you have full trust and confidence in Jesus Christ, never be afraid to go boldly to God with your needs. God is not in the business of saying no. He's not in the business of, of saying, I need to put you through some stuff before I give this to you. I need to make you suffer. I need to make you work for it. I need to make you really appreciate it. God is not in that business, amen? All of the suffering was put on Jesus Christ, amen? So we don't need to suffer for anything that God said that we have in Jesus Christ, amen? Amen? We can come boldly confidently to God, knowing that God will not withhold any good thing from me or from you. God said in his word that he would take care of all of your needs. And the password to him taking care of all your needs, Jesus Christ. That's the password, amen? It's kind of like a slogan, isn't it? Whatever you need for this life, you will find it only here in Jesus Christ. Amen? That's a promise of God. And that's a benefit that we have because we are his children. That's one of the things that God is to us. Amen? You know, when you put your faith in Jesus, God actually commissioned himself to save you, protect you, provide for you, heal you, and care for you. Isn't that great? God commissioned himself. He, when, when you put your faith in him, God said, now I will take on the responsibility to care for you, to provide for you, to protect you, to heal you. All of those things, God said, I will do because you trust in me. God always cares for his children and he always provides for his children, you and me. Whatever you need to abound in this life, God gave us a promise, his promise, that he would provide it for us. Amen? Isn't that great? We serve a God of provision. But in the knowledge of God's provision, in the knowledge of God's promises to us, we need to have faith in those provisions that God said, and that he is out there and he's on the job. He's always awake. He's always ready. He's always watching over his word to make sure that he'd perform his word. And in all of our asking of God, we got to learn to develop some patience. Amen? Isn't that an awful word? It should be a four-letter word. I know it's not. But patience for a lot of us, it's, it's, it's one of those swear words, isn't it? Because it's hard to have patience sometimes, isn't it? 
And you know what? Sometimes when things are not going your way or, you're, or you know, you've asked for something and it's not coming, we lose patience. I lose patience. I hate cues. I hate waiting for anything. I, I like to, you know, fast food is great for me because, you know, it's fast. But if fast food is slow, then I'm angry. Because, you know, you have to take, you have to have patience. You know, I would never cook anything that would take a few hours because, I mean, who wants to wait a few hours to eat? You're, when you're hungry, you're hungry. Amen? But God said that we need to develop patience when we come to him because he said with faith and patience we wait for the manifestations of the things that God has for us. In the waiting, and there's a lot of waiting, we need to, as Philippians chapter 4 said, we need to be anxious for nothing. Anxiety is an awful thing, isn't it? There's so many people out there in our world are anxious. Anxious over so many different things. But God is saying to you and me, his children, he's saying, be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about it. I have it. You know, we got to develop this kind of a life that, that, you know what? Even though things are happening, even though things are not all good, we got to learn this to, to just put our trust in God. Put our trust in God because worrying about stuff, being anxious about stuff changes nothing. Amen? Changes nothing. Why should we have sleepless nights when God is already up every night watching over us? We need not be anxious for nothing, but in everything, in everything, in everything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Don't worry about it. Just give it to God. Don't worry about that need. Don't worry about that health scare. Don't worry about that, that thing that you need to happen in your life. Don't worry about it. Just give it to God. In prayer and supplication, come boldly into God's throne room of grace, lay it at God's feet and say, Lord, I can't carry this. Lord, I can't fix this. Lord, I can't heal this. Lord, this is all beyond my skill range. God, I'm laying this at your feet. And God, I'm not going to worry about this anymore. Because you could stay up all night worrying about stuff and all day fretting over things. And it's not going to make one bit of a difference. So we to learn to be like Teflon. We've got to learn to let these things roll off us. And when the, when the issues come, we just got to go and say, here, God, I can't take this. This is, a, this is a bill, Lord, I can't pay. But Jesus has paid it. He's already paid the price. So I'm giving it to you, Lord. You, you, you said you'd take care of it. We've got to learn to lay the things at Jesus' feet. Not worry. Amen. In the waiting, we've got to learn to calm down. Calm down. Because sometimes we run around like headless chickens, don't we? When we have a need, when we have a problem, we, we run around like headless chickens. But I just believe that we, in the waiting, we've got to learn to calm down. When we're anxious for the things that we've asked God for and we've not received yet, then we're displaying a lack of faith that God will keep his word. You know, if your children come to you and they ask you for something, you say, no problem, I'll get that for you. You don't want them coming along in five minutes and asking you for the same thing again. 10 minutes again, 15, 20 minutes. You don't want them going around worrying about the thing that they've asked you for. Oh, I wonder will I get it? I wonder will I get it? You know, how would that make you feel? You're kind of saying, well, listen, son, listen, daughter, I've already said I'm going to get it for you. You just need to give me time. And that's the way it's got to be with, with you and God. 
you know, you've already asked God for it. Now just give God time. Time is his, amen? God will always keep his promise. You know, I might let you down sometimes. I will. You may ask me to do some stuff for you sometimes, and with the greatest of wills, I'll say, absolutely, I'll do that for you, no problem. And I'll forget. I'm human. You know, your husband, your wife, they'll let you down. They may not deliberately let you down. I won't deliberately try and let you down. But we will, because we're human, and we make mistakes. We, we have limitations. But I want you to know, and I want you to really trust that God will never let you down. Never. God will never let you down. If God promises it for you, God will take care of it. Amen? We need to stop comparing God's promises to that of your husband or to that of your wife or that of me. We don't compare. We don't measure up. Amen? Hebrews chapter 13 tells us that God will never leave us or forsake us. God will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never let you down. There'll never be a time when you're left standing there and God has abandoned you, or God has stood you up. He won't do that, amen? He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never abandon you. And here's the thing that we need to realize, that if we didn't get it, then it wasn't best for us. That's hard, isn't it? If we didn't get it, it wasn't God's best for us. And that is a hard one to swallow, because we've all asked God for stuff in the past we didn't get. And we all always often wondered, why didn't I get it? You know, I asked God for that thing, and I didn't get it. And I think, you know, the answer is simple. It wasn't best for us. It wasn't God's best for us. You know, I wonder today, with the perspective that you and I have today, for some of the things that we've got asked God for in the past that we didn't get, I wonder with today's perspective, would we say, yeah, I can see why now. I really wanted that house, you know. It was a perfect house. It was an amazing house. It, it had everything that I wanted. It was in the right location. It was at the right price. It was close enough to town. I mean, you know, everything around, everything about that house seemed like it was a no-brainer, and I didn't get it. But what I realized now, a few years later, the neighbors were a nightmare. The house had subsidence. There was leaks in the roof. You know, I thank God now with today's hindsight that I didn't get that house because if I'd have got that house, it would have cost me so much more. Lord, I didn't get that job. I really wanted that job, Lord. That job would have been great for me. I had every skill set for that job. It was more money than my current job. It was a great job. The location was excellent. You know, it was a great feel. It was what I trained in. You know, everything about that job was amazing. But I wonder with today's hindsight, what we say, Thank God I didn't get that job. Place closed down four months later. Thank God I didn't get that husband. Thank God I didn't get that wife. But Lord, I really wanted that man. I really wanted that woman, Lord, because she was beautiful. She was absolutely stunning. She came from a well-to-do family as well. Did I say that? They had plenty of land. You know, we could have got a bit of land, built a nice house, and we'd have lived happily ever after, like the Waltons. Looking back in hindsight, I mean, she was a nightmare. She's been married twice now. Both husbands left her with black eyes. I mean, she was a disaster. She was spoiled. She want, Thank God with hindsight that I didn't get that woman. Amen? I wonder if we applied 
our today's hindsight to the questions that we asked God for in the past that God didn't give us, I wonder what we say, thank the Lord for unanswered prayers. Amen? Because of one of God, I'm convinced, one of God's greatest blessings to you and me is his nose. Amen. Because we all have things in our lives that we prayed and asked God for and we petitioned God. I mean, we went as far as getting on our knees before God, asking God for. And we didn't get and we got huffed with God. We got a little bit annoyed with God. But then as time moved on and as God moved another wife or husband into our lives, as God brought us another way around to a different job, showed us a different home, a different location. Then, you know, the, the little light that goes off on our heads, you know, started to get a little bit brighter, and we went, ah, I know what God was doing now. Amen? God was moving me away from that home because I would have lost the fortune. God was moving me away from that job because I would have been unemployed for, for months or years after it. I would have took such a knock. God moved me away from that husband, away from that wife, because you know what? That would have been the worst thing that could ever happen to me. God's, one of God's greatest gifts to you and me, his children, is a good no. Amen? And we as parents know how to say no, don't we? Have you ever said no to your kids? Yes, you have. I mean, if you were at home and you saw your kids running around with a knife, running around like that, I mean, you take the knife off them, don't you? I mean, you should. Amen? If you were at home and you seen your kids with, with, with matches and they were striking away on them, I mean, you'd take them off them, wouldn't you? And I mean, your kids would have a, they'd have a fit, wouldn't they? I want that knife. I want it. I want it. I want it. Give me those matches. As parents, we know how to say no to our kids. Even though, you know what, they may kick up, they may crack up, they may throw a tantrum on the ground and do spinnies on the ground for 15 minutes, they may holler and scream, but we know it's what's best for them is a good old-fashioned no. And for God, when, when it comes to some of the prayers that we've gone to in the past, God has known how to say no. And I believe with all of my heart that a good old-fashioned no from God is a blessing. Amen? Matthew chapter 6, it says there in verse 31, it says, Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father, this is great, knows the things that you need. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all of these things shall be added to you. You see, so often we run about all over the place like these headless chickens chasing after and worrying about the things. The things, you know, I need this, I need that. Gotta have this. I, I gotta have the latest iPhone. I gotta have the BMW or the Audi. I gotta have the Rolex and the holiday in Hawaii. But isn't it funny that, that God said that he would only take care of our needs and not our wants? Because our needs will always outweigh our, our wants, should I say, will always outweigh our needs. But God said, I will take care of your needs. Not your wants. God will take care of your needs. Amen? See, half the world is out there in want, but not in need. And we need to take our 
needs to God. Not all of our wants. Amen? So we have to learn to relax. Live without the BMW. Live without the Rolex or the latest iPhone. Amen? Knowing that if we relax, that God will take care of our needs, not our wants. Because God knows so much better than we do, doesn't he? He knows so much better than we do. And God said he would provide all of our needs for us. He'd take care of us. Amen? God will take care of all of our needs. Amen? And Jesus said again there in verse 33, he said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And he said, and all of these things, what things? All of your needs will be added to you. Jesus said you put his kingdom first. The building of the kingdom of God first. And all the things that you need will be given to you. The kingdom of God. What's the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is where God's will reigns in our lives, not our own. Because all too often we're trying to build the kingdom of me, aren't we? And God is saying, no, no, put my kingdom first. Seek my kingdom first. Build my kingdom first. Because when we're building our kingdom first, we're just putting ourselves first. Putting our selfish wants, selfish needs first. We're saying, I want, I want, I want. But God is saying, hey, listen, don't worry about that. You build my kingdom. Kingdom, you'll get everything that you need. I'll take care of all of your needs. Remember earlier in Matthew chapter 6 there in the Lord's Prayer, when Jesus told us and taught us how to pray? He said there in verse 10, he said, he said that when we pray, we are to say, your kingdom, God, come, and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God is saying, you put my kingdom first. You put the building of my kingdom first. And if you do that, what comes after that? Then he said, we can pray and say, give us this day our daily bread. Our daily bread. He didn't say, you can go and ask, Lord, give us today everything that I want. The Rolex. The big house, the holidays in Hawaii. He said no. And he put it as simple, in simplest terms, I think, that he could. You put my kingdom first, and then you can come to me and ask me for your daily bread. Bread. It's a stable of life. In that bread, it's not just physical bread. In that bread is all of your needs. Not just your needs of bread and food, but, but all of your needs. That bread there represents the needs of the health and the wholeness of your body. The blessing of your family. That bread there is your job. Is, is your, th that bread is your needs. That bread encompasses everything that you need for life. And Jesus said, you put my kingdom first, he said. And you can come to me then and ask me to give, give you, give me your, our daily bread. Amen? Let's stand to our feet this morning. Verse 33 says that we are to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to us. In putting God's kingdom first, we've got to remember another promise that God gave us over in Psalms 33 and verse 25. And this is amazing. It says, I have been young and I'm now old. This is not about me, per se because I'm not old. This is, the, this is the writer of Psalms 37. I have been young and I'm now old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken 
or his children begging for bread. Amen?